0: Welcome to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast, where once a week we'll have some time to share with one another, looking at God's Word and how it can better our walk with Him. Please have your Bibles ready as we begin our time of study now. Welcome back to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Winston Smith. It was our intention this week to have a group study podcast with Dustin McMillan and Ryan Simpson as well, but we're still preparing our studio for that to happen, and hopefully the first group episode will be available for you next Monday. This week we'll begin part two of our multi-part look at the plan of salvation. If you have not had the opportunity to listen to the first episode yet, please do so at your convenience and that way we can lay our foundation both through last week's study and this week's study as we continue to dive into what the Bible says a person must do to become a Christian. Salvation is a difficult topic, not because of the lack of biblical clarity on this topic but rather the influence of human intentions that may morph or distort the intent of the Bible to fit the mold of a person's beliefs. In our first study, we studied how any doctrinal matter should be discussed and backed up using only the divine and holy word of God in heaven. In this study, we'll be looking at another factor we must be aware of. This plan of salvation, if biblical, is not created, influenced, changed, or amended. In fact, the plan of salvation to hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized, and live faithfully is not one of our own devices. Rather, it is an understanding of God's determination of what He has decided to do to grant us salvation. The gift of salvation is only obtained through the will of the giver, and any attempt to modify this creates potentially dangerous consequences. In this study, we will evaluate how we know and understand this idea. The plan of salvation is not a choice given or up for interpretation. The plan of salvation is the divine plan of God. God's relationship with Jesus predates the existence of his creation. We can see this in John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, where the Bible tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it." Continuing in John chapter 1, we'll now read verses 14 through 18 together. There the Bible says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about Him and called out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who is coming after me has proved to be my superior, because He existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. God the only Son, who is in the arms of the Father, he has explained him. The Word, the light, and the person in whose name we believe is Jesus Christ. Well, this is in the first part of the book of John, and we see the existence of Jesus with God the Creator prior to the creation of mankind. Then we see the plan of God solidified in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. There the Bible says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but so that the world might be saved through him. God created the world and mankind with the intention of granting the world a way out of sin. He knew and understood that with our capacity of free will also came the inevitability that from our bad intentions we are bound to mess up. God, in His infinite wisdom, decided to create with the plan of sending His Son Jesus so that we may be saved from the wrong that we do. First off, God's plan is centered on one word love. For God so loved the world. The Bible discusses the salvation of man given through Jesus as being the only source of salvation. Outside of Jesus, there is not Another way that promises or guarantees eternal safety. John chapter 19 verse 10 tells us, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12 tells us, Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among mankind by which we must be saved. The Bible shows us here the wages of our sin is death, and at the same time it tells us that there is salvation granted to us by God, but only through one source, the stone which was rejected, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. That is the source of our salvation. Along with Jesus and His coming also comes additional promises given to New Testament Christians upon receiving the gift of salvation. And all of these promises again are a part of God's divine plan. One thing was the coming of the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16 verse 13 tells us, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own. For whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. And this is not a study this week focused on the Holy Spirit, but it is worth mentioning that the Holy Spirit does not work on its own. In fact, it works through the second promise given to us with our salvation, that promise being the gift of the gospel. And the gift of the gospel shows us, one, how to be saved, and in turn it shows us that the Holy Spirit works through the gospel. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 tells us, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Holy Spirit and the gospel are both vital for the kingdom of God, from the beginning even as they are today. Many times we only look at the actual time of salvation, the act of salvation that takes place through baptism and our obedience to Jesus and God. This is when a person is created in newness of life through this gift given to us by Jesus. And we view what a person has to do through obedience to receive this gift. However, oftentimes our discussion often ends and begins with baptism. As we study, we'll begin to dive deeper into the Holy Spirit as well as the power of the gospel. For the sake of this study, focusing on the plan that God has given us for salvation, the main point we want to recognize is this. God had a plan. And this plan is how He chose to grant us salvation. Furthermore, upon receiving the gift of salvation, we are not left alone. God also promises to aid and guide us post-salvation through the word He has given us. And of course, this gift allows us to be able to grow in our faith towards Him. God's plan is perfect. It was not spur of the moment. It was not last minute. It was created in His divine wisdom. As we go back into the Old Testament, we can see that God had paved a way for Jesus and His coming. While we would be able to discuss dozens of these this week, for sake of time, let us focus on a couple of prophecies that show God's plan for salvation. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12 tells us, Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the plunder with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was counted with wrongdoers yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the wrongdoers we see here that jesus was counted among the wrongdoers in this prophecy and we can see this prophecy come true matthew chapter 27 verse 38 where the bible shows us that jesus was crucified with criminals guilty of their crimes and jesus was guilty of only one thing doing exactly what god in heaven wanted him to do another part of God's plan revolves in the fact that Jesus had to bear our sins on the cross and with these bearing of sins also comes the fact that Jesus had to be separated from God he had to be apart from God because God can have no dwelling with sin we see this in the book of Psalms chapter 22 verse 1 where the psalmist writes my God my God why have you forsaken me Far from my help are the words of my groaning. And Jesus quotes this psalm on the cross. Bearing our sins, the things that we have done wrong. where the Bible shows us in Matthew chapter 27 verse 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? While the sacrifice took place. While Jesus, the only son of God, did die on the cross for our sins. We do not focus today. On the death alone. We focus on the resurrection. And the power and the victory. In that resurrection. Psalms chapter 16 verse 10 tells us. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You will not allow your holy one to undergo decay. Sheol there means the realm of the dead. The psalmist here is saying that God will not abandon abandon them. Or abandon us in death. As faithful children of him. Rather, the Holy One, meaning Jesus, will not undergo that decay in the tomb, and He will be resurrected. With this resurrection comes the Psalmist's joy in knowing their eternity will not be one of death, and this is fulfilled. And this victory is shown to us in Matthew chapter 28, verses two through seven. There, the Bible says. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook from fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Just as he said, Come to the place where he was lying. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. That's the victory over death shown by us from the psalmist. Talking about the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will not decay, will be resurrected. And I do not mean to jump ahead of myself, but this resurrection takes place for us today when we become Christians. It is celebrated in this idea that Jesus has defeated death for us and is acknowledged when we become Christians through baptism. We can see this in Romans chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, a section of verses we will look at a lot in the next couple of weeks. There the Bible says, starting in verse 4, Therefore we have been buried with him. Through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for the one who has died. Is free from sin. And this is showing us the fact that this baptism is this death of old, this burial with Jesus underwater, and this resurrection, that celebration of this newness of life through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross for our sins. And all of this stands as a testament again. This is the divine plan of God. This is not happenstance. This is not by chance. This is the plan of God. More thing together in this study. And that thing is going to be this idea we got from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, the fact that Jesus was counted among the wrongdoers. And I insist, if you will, after this study, maybe pause this study right now to read through Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12 again. And I'm going to read it together with you as well. <clears throat> there the Bible says, Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he will divide the plunger with the strong, because he, because he poured out his life unto death, and was counted with wrongdoers. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and intercedes for the wrongdoers. The intercession of Jesus gives us hope here. And this is another fulfillment of God's plan for us to have a way out of sin and out of eternal death. And this idea that Jesus had to bear these sins of many, this idea that these sins are on the cross, we've already evaluated in our study together, is reflected again in Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 8. Where the Bible says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous person, though perhaps for the good person someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We see here this fact that even though Jesus is counted among the wrongdoers, Even though Jesus is counted among the wrongdoers, He still took that cross, took the burden of that cross, took the burden of our sins, and covered those in His lifeblood. The lifeblood of Jesus giving us a release from the sins, paying the debt for our sins, and with this payment giving us an eternal hope. A hope in this eternal life with God in heaven. And we see that again in Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 8. This fact that many of us would not be willing to die for a righteous person. A person who was perfect. But of course we know we are not perfect. Jesus would die for a righteous person. How do we know that? Because he died for all of us being unrighteous. He bore our sins on the cross because it is God's demonstration for love towards us. So we see there in verse 8 of Romans chapter 5, God demonstrates his own love towards us through Christ who died for us. Meaning, of course, this is God's plan. This plan of salvation, where the plan originated before creation. The accumulation of the plan through the life of Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And now the promises of that resurrection we have today are the fullness of God's plan. So in closing today, we will look at the first things we've seen so far in our two studies together. The first one being, as we continue forward, we can only use the word of God. Any ideologies or doctrines preached outside the word of God is in turn against the word of God. We must read and obey what God deems necessary to receive the gift of salvation. And The second idea we study today, the plan of God is firm. This plan was not changed, amended, or up for question, nor can it be changed, amended, or ever up for question. This plan is perfect. It is created by the deity of God through a godly mind of perfection and is the only way we can receive that blessed gift of salvation. Today, let us reflect on this plan, what it means to us and the fact that it is God's and not mankind's. We're able to see the joy and the hope that we have through what God has done for us. Next week, we hope to have a group study together. But please return to study with me in a couple of weeks as we start to look at the plan of salvation. Looking at hearing and believing. Thank you all so much for listening. God bless you and your family.